Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by composer and all-around phenom, Rosha Frieden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Hi. <laughs> hey, hi, hello. How are you? It's so good. It's so good to be back for the 800th time. Mm-hmm. Well, and so this, it's actually... So the first time I ever actually met you, I didn't meet you in person. We talked on a Google Hangout. Oh my God, yeah. And so it's kind of I I have a I have a soft spot for talking to you digitally because it's how we met. <laughs> so you can just hear my my melodious voice. Yeah. And I have to look at this face. <laughs> It's <laughs> I, also love the, I love the talking to you digitally distinction versus like over the phone because even the, I feel like it's still different. I agree. I don't, I I just feel like well and I, I feel like I've seen a couple memes recently about people just like shitting on Zoom, which like fair. I've I feel like I've had experiences where video chat can be really some sort of way overwhelming and I just appreciate like audio digital conversation in a, in a unique way yeah I mean, that's why i like podcasts so much but like i don't know so we're because we're recording on discord for all those that don't know at this point i'm sure you preface as always the preface of of 2020 where it's coronavirus we're not together we're recording over discord well except me and daniel are together yes yeah yeah. Yeah. And I'm in another state. So <laughs> Yeah. You're in So, all right. I want you to you told us a bit about how you got geographically how you got to where you are. Yes. Can you for the listeners, can you can you recount that that harrowing tale? Yeah, long story short, I quarantined for thirty days um in Chicago, did like my neighborhood was just really not safe people were not following things people were touching everything people weren't wearing masks people weren't honoring six foot distancing and i it was noise non-stop and i was literally just losing my marbles and i've been the resident artist at lakeside Inn in lakeside michigan since um august this last august so august 19 um and um also paint in the art studio here quite often so um, I got a call from my friend Sam who manages the inn and was like, hey, we just renovated the resident apartment here, which is just behind the inn. Um, you know, would if, if you want to stay here um, and work on things, so, you know, because I really couldn't, I couldn't be creative where I was at, at you know, at, at home. So I, I, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll come there. <laughs> so it was a little, it was a weird transition driving from Chicago up to up to here, but like, um, you know, after like a week, I settled in, and so I'm definitely able to be creative and teach online. I see a lot less people. It's much more isolated out here, and it's also just gorgeous and super peaceful. I'm right by Lake Michigan. Um, the inn is haunted, so I love that whole niche of living like right next to a haunted inn. Uh, um, it's very colorful here. It's been a much more magical experience being quarantined here than the, than it was in Chicago. 
I mean, I'm sure. Like, I, it's it's wild. I've been talking to friends who have been, you know, lifelong city dwellers, and the conversation has been like, I have never before in my life wanted more to not live in a city. Like, yeah. I never yeah. thought, yeah. And like personally, like, yeah, I never thought I would say I don't want to live in a city, but at the moment, God, I wish I wasn't in a city. Yeah, you know what I just wish I could do right now is just go into a backyard. Mm. yeah yeah and i'm gonna rub your face in it just a little bit my Ugh. backyard is really huge <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's lovely yeah because we, we have a I pond just... we have a pond and i get like i have frogs singing here every night in the pond we've oh, got like nice. we've got the stars at night because there's not too much no, like light pollution here at all you can hear the lake waves sometimes at night. Like, it is just, yes, it's peaceful. It's definitely peaceful. Well, so you've got the perfect, like, recipe for uh, a fantastic secluded album-making experience. I do. <laughs> Speaking of. Yeah. Yeah, I, that is a, a weird dream of mine. I've never made an album of any kind, but there's just something about that whole you know, uh, experience that it seems so well. So let's go ahead and go with, um, talking about your work. So you're in the middle. Well, I'll just let you actually say it. I keep, I keep over, over introducing. What, <laughs> what are you working on Russia? So, <laughs> okay. Um, I, so I, I am, I'm working on an album here. Like the inn here has quite a haunted history. Um, I myself have had uh, a couple experiences with um, a ghost that is on that, that that is in the inn that hangs around rooms thirty and thirty one. Um, we think it's Mary Aylesworth, who is the owner's second wife, who kind of disappeared, and then they found her bloody handkerchief in the wall. Um, I don't. I'm not sure how much long, how much later after she disappeared. But we do have the, like the handkerchief is like in like this this glass case in the lobby of the inn. Um, so uh, given its haunted history, I just wanted, and, and the fact that like no one's living here right now, <laughs> I wanted to. I just thought it'd be really cool living living like in the town or living oh uh, li living in the inn. Um, gotcha. And we we do have one person that's been staying at the inn. I can't say why it's for, like they're. There are government like reasons why they're at the end, but they're trying to help with what's going on right now. Um, so, um, but other than that person, yeah, basically no one else has been at, like at the end because like people can't be there. So um, I decided that like uh, I wanted to record in room thirteen. I room th like the number 13 is just a, a really lucky number for me i loved it and plus like i've stayed in room 13 and it's nice and big and it's very comfy and it was just a perfect place to record something and so i just decided to do my own album of like miniatures because the first month when i was in when i was quarantined in chicago i was writing a ton of miniatures for for all kinds of musicians, whether it was vocalists or violinists or violists or cellists, it didn't like didn't make a difference. Um, so I wrote a bunch of like really really small miniatures for people to perform, and just decided that I should just do 
a collection of my own in various languages and various ambiances here at the end while I had the space to do it. And just I just thought the experience of being able to do it was something I couldn't pass up. So, Well, that's amazing. Um, so I would love to know, because you mentioned before that like you were having trouble being creative yeah. in, your, in your place in Chicago. Um, what would you say in terms of like your process in writing the Chicago mini- miniatures versus the Michigan miniatures? How has your process changed? Um, in Chicago, I basically just wrote them on staff and then would send them out to people and didn't really, I, I wasn't too invested in my, in in how performance wise I would do, like I would perform nuance to those pieces. Cause I, oh, like when I try to write things that are intended for other people, I really want to keep it open to their own interpretations as, as far as like their own delivery and nuance of the piece. And so, but then doing my own, a lot of times I would literally just write it and then go straight to the microphone and not even have it like written down. And I would like that I would eventually write it down later, but it would be me just kind of like experimenting and going to the microphone and putting things down as I'm writing them. So that was a definitely different experience than just me sitting on the couch with my like marathons of like Grace and Frankie and um, like Shit's <laughs> Creek and all that stuff going on, waiting for my next like Grubhub delivery to come in because I didn't want to go outside, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely a different experience, I have to say. Safer experience, especially from a creative standpoint, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so did you know? At what point did you know that you wanted the composing that you were drawn to do to turn into an album? I think it was more the fact that, you know, I released a, I mean, I, I, I released several albums under my, um, my dead name under Ross Crean. And I had, I had a, a pretty good career as a singer songwriter back in like the early two thousands. And I just, um, I don't know. I think I was just really wanting to, to just kind of feeling the urge and the itch to get back to it and mm-hmm. just just seeing what I can do, but also as like someone who is like loves being an avant-garde performer, I wanted to do something in in like in front of the mic that would characterize what I am doing nowadays. And so um, and, and also just for the documentation of the moment of like this, yeah. this is something that I really wanted, like my creativity is documentation always. And it, it, for me, it's always got going to have a memory or memories of the moments when I was working, whether it's actually like performing or writing or painting and um, I wanted, I, I, I just felt like this was just a moment in time I really wanted to put into audio on, like, like, like on audio so that it would be there <laughs> for, for who, who knows how long it will last. But yeah, I didn't want to pass when, up that opportunity to do that. 
Yeah, and I mean, we've had the opportunity to, to listen to a bit of it. And the thing that I'm thinking of right now that is interesting to me with all of this that you're saying is it's clear, like, with this being an album under your your uh, um, identity, your proper identity, yeah. um, representative identity. I mean, let's be clear, it's, it's my non-binary identity, yes. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. thank you. Yeah, it's okay. Um, and it's, uh, but it's also, you know, as you said, coming back to releasing something as a medium, mm-hmm. you know, like, like a, well, that's not entirely... It's it's you releasing something that is of entirely your own expression from beginning to end. You know, like yeah. you've done so much in Chicago as a composer, but like so often that's for other voices or for other performing mediums. And, and so yeah. all of this is to say, like it, I cannot. I, I imagine it's a lot to bring yourself to starting even and I, I imagine there are a lot of people that that have a hard time getting to the point of you know i mean do you think that that you the impetus of it like the the onset of 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 when you got to the point where you were like i need to create you know do you think that it was just a, a confluence of things or do you was there a, uh any kind of hesitation that you were fighting back um you know i think the hesitation was much was actually several years ago where like during like when i was working on great god pan and times are nightfall and priestess of morphine Mm -hmm. where i just didn't feel connected to the to the recording process whatsoever and didn't feel the need to make any albums. I just wanted to create things for other people to do. Um, but there was still a part of me that really thought about like trying to bring both sides of that art for me into a whole. So like, yeah. I wanted to get back to recording something that was a little more my style, but also being able to bring the, the, the current uh, body of work that I tend to make into that as well. And I feel like I'm able to do that with this because it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I'm sure you've heard, it's pretty varied. <laughs> we have some very avant-garde yeah. things. I've got some Shanos, like traditional style Celtic stuff. Cause that's what I was raised doing. Um, some things in French, a couple things in English. Um, and I'm not the only person singing. I'm singing for most of it, but I do have a couple like mm-hmm. guest singers are going to be on there. Like Jesse Lyons is, is singing a piece. Mary Maltabano from um, the, the choral group The Crossing is singing a piece on there. Um, and then um, um, Ellie Kasich, uh, who uh, former Chicagoan, living in New York right now, did a, a set, a solo. Like, um, I wrote this like little miniature uh, song cycle with uh, librettist B. Goodwin called Nightingale Songs. And um, Ellie was uh, able to record those in New York and then send them over as well. So... While most of it is me, it's also like stuff by other singers who are performing things that I've written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, as a person who I really am fascinated by format and medium format, and you know, calling them you call them miniatures, and I'm curious, like, how is it that you think about that? Like, do you have you do do you know 
how you want each piece to lay out when you start them or, or have you just yeah i mean does that make sense so far like sometimes um not all the time um there are definitely times where things are mapped out and i'm like yeah like i know it easy peasy let's go um and then there's other times where I, i'm ready to record something but i don't have anything written and then i'll just be like sure. let's just improvise and see what comes out um I don't know if you guys saw, there was a, a video that kind of went around a little bit last week where I had the neighbors behind the inn had like lo- like landscape people out there at like 8 a.m. in the morning and it, it drove me crazy and I decided to go outside. Uh, I was talking I was talking with a partner on the phone, just catch up, and then I was like just already aggravated as it was. And I went outside yeah. and the... Um, whether it was a leaf blower or a mower, I don't know, just had this solid drone happening. And so I went outside and just put on video and just started improvising along with the drone. Um, <laughs> um, and so like, there's, there's been those moments too. Where I'm just like, no, like I just, I just really want to dive in and just like, just make things on the sly as well. And mm-hmm. actually it's funny, the song phenomena two. Um, which is a sequel to Phenomena, which I, I think Phenomena I've got was on my album Blackwater, which I think I released in 2007. Um, mm-hmm. Promotion. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> so I decided I want to do something different. Phenomena 2, it's all phonemes. Like, it's not actually any language. I just use phonemes from the Gaelic language and just kind of, mm-hmm. like, improvised. And so everything in... Um, Phenomena 2, uh, which is on SoundCloud right now, is um, completely improvised. And I just was like, okay, well, this would be cool if I added this here and brought this together here. Um, and I, th- I think I pretty much did the recording in about maybe an hour and a half, just putting things together and making them sound as good as I possibly could. So, yeah, it's very much a, sometimes it's mapped and sometimes it's absolutely not. And I love both. Yeah. So I actually... I'm uh, listening to Phenomena 2 was it's such it has such an interesting like soundscape like there's a there's a lot of like more melodic and there's are you the only singer on it yeah are you harmonizing with yourself okay yeah yeah um it's like which I don't know I I I think that harmonizing with oneself is just a it makes for a really cool kind of like droney cool sound right like um, you don't have to worry about blend <laughs> yeah no because it's just it's just you yeah um <laughs> like how can you not blend in with yourself right um, it's amazing yeah <laughs> but um i'm i was so interested in the um the different sounds that you were making like there were more melodic ones and then at one point it all all three tracks just kind of went or or something like that yeah. and it was just such I growled like, I growled yeah <laughs> Yeah no it was like uh, and so those were all did you say phenomes phonemes yeah phonemes so phonemes phonemes, phonemes are the... just basically syllabic sounds like random syllabic sounds of mm, of whatever gotcha. language you know um and just kind of like putting these like random syllabic sounds together that do not make sense they don't make words um, they're more for like 
rhythmic intention. Oh yeah. Well, no, and it's in, it's incredibly like it is the most. It was inc like it, it, considering that it was like uh, it didn't sound acapella. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I think something that I think about you as an artist that's interesting is you very much have that uh, pulling from like tradition and understanding of, of art of the past, but also like leaning into the drone of a lawnmower. You know what I mean? And I like, yeah. like stuff that's very <laughs> modern. And I'm, I'm curious, like how do you, do you think about that spectrum and, and where do you look, strive for a balance in it? Or is it, is it more just what you're expressing? Uh, no, it's really just more for what I'm expressing. I feel like, mm -hmm. I feel like, um, I feel like there's a lot of public that knows me as a composer that does not realize that I have a lot of experience in traditional and early music, mm -hmm. um, and thinks that I'm only about new music, but I, I'm at, mm -hmm. I actually love both. And I actually think, I think early music and new music are actually quite compatible and, oh, yeah. for sure. and, being able to do something in Shano's tradition, um, but but not doing it in like a through composed way, still lends to a lot of like real modern contemporary art song like lyricism and and structure. And so um, I like the approach of like sound wise sometimes combining the traditional and then the non traditional. Uh, because I feel like it definitely will like take you out of a perspective mm -hmm. at some point in the piece that you listen to. Mm. Yeah. One of the things we've been talking about a lot recently, especially, I mean, mostly in the wake of the pandemic and, and isolation is, um, it's just like how this creative process works. And one of the things that you mentioned before is how collaborative this process has been. And I, I find that, I find it funny, like, just because I feel like that's how a lot of people are approaching art right now, is they're, they're we, the art that we all want to be making, like, even though we're isolated in, in so many ways, like, it's so much, you know, we talked with Core Production, who's doing a production of Bohem, and mm -hmm. there, it was, it's all about doing a full production of it. Or we talked about with, with Donziana Moon about, the circus performance cabaret that, that she was doing. And, and it's this idea of, um, and I, I find it, the reason why I, I said funny before is like that those were, are all like one approach to making that happen in a, in a state of isolation. But, you know, as we mentioned before, like isolation for different artistic types can, can really look at different ways. And for you, how it's been this process of, of going, going to Michigan, <laughs> going to an inn and, and really just creating in that space, but still collaborating through it. Like how, what does that look like for you? Like, how has that, has that been, how is that, how has collaboration played a role in your artistic process differently? Has it been different than, than if you were collaborating while you were here or not in isolation? Um, Yes, it's definitely been more limited, but I also think that limitations can really extend your creative 
outlets yeah. or um, or creative approaches as well. So sometimes you just got to bite the bullet with what you got and try to work with what you have. And, um, you know, there, there were definitely miniatures I wrote that I wrote for specific people that I'm like, oh, my God, this sounds so gorgeous in their voice. But, like, mm-hmm. they don't have resources to record. And so, right. like, we, we don't have that opportunity to get them to do that. However, we do have some other singers who can record different pieces. So it's like, okay, like, if I have this talent who's at least has the equipment and resources to do it, then yes, like, let's incorporate them. Let's get to work with it. Um, working with singers, though, is not, it's no different. It hasn't been any different, whether it's pre-COVID or, or during, or during yeah. this period. It's, it's definitely been still really steady communication, which I think is really important. And um, I feel like, I feel like um, there's definitely a, a ball rolling now when it comes to, like when it comes to um, a singer who's experienced with working with me, um, mm-hmm. then there was like two or three years ago when people were still kind of like discovering my work where mm-hmm. um, things are very just much more matter of factly. And I can just say like, Oh, you know, this phrase here could use a little more air control, could use a little less, like, a, like a little less of a dynamic, a little lower dynamic. Um, or you could be a little more frail on this note, you know, things like that. I think really can like shock singers too. When you're like, no, like let let there be some frailty. Let there be some like, let there be some flaw. If there's a flaw that comes yeah. out in it, like no, do it because sometimes those flaws are so incredibly gorgeous to listen to. Um, and so I feel like I feel like it hasn't been terribly different um, as far as collaboration, except that. Like I said at the very beginning of this, <laughs> my answer was I'm just going full circle now. Is is just that it has it has made me appreciate the limitations and then appreciate what I'm able to do in with those limitations. Yeah, I I that to me is really um, emblematic of the kind of work that I know you've done. Is um, you know I think that a lot of composers have i mean and rightfully so like the the whole point of it is to have ideals right and to have you're taking an idea and trying to put it to paper and trying to recreate it like in a practical in a in a physical sense as much as possible but you know um i think there's there's that but there's also like when you look at the look at your body of work like you've have a knack for taking what you the resources that you actually have in front of you and putting something out, you know, and I, I yeah. think that, that that is really like a powerful skill set, and you know, it might oh, not thanks. be like I don't know, like exactly how you imagined it, but I mean, well, and I guess too, like, how do you think about that? Like, is that something that, like, how do, much do you balance the I want to see something published of your process? Um, okay, so, <laughs> um, you know, in the early days, there are definitely, there are definitely things I wanted things to turn out to sound, you know, yeah. like there are things I, I very much wanted a, a specific result. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's just naivety and in, in youth and sometimes lack of experience that it's like, well, you know, like, uh, you have to learn, I think, as, a creative to open up 
what messages you receive from mm -hmm. whether you want to consider that consider that your own mind and your own psyche or like your higher power or your higher self or whatever it is or your muse whatever you want to consider that as um in order to make a project i think that will feel much more complete and fuller and with and and, and will have a better intention in performance than if you're if you automatically decide from like writing the first note that this is exactly how it's going to sound because there's definitely times where i've written things and all of a sudden like like and i think like well it's this going to sound like this and all of a sudden i'm writing and going nope this is not to going in that direction but like that's okay like this is where it's called me to go and i'm going to go with it um so i've had to learn to just you know be able to put down the skeleton be able to put down the bones and then remember like remind myself that it's it's up to the performers to add the muscle and the flesh to everything and um i i generally with that m mindset um don't worry too much about how people are going to perform my work because i don't think there's ever really been a time i've been super disappointed in someone's performance of my work because of that um yeah i mean how yeah how much is that like because at that point, like, can you imagine, can you imagine, can you compare it to what it was like, like, the first few times you heard singers bring your work to life? Yes. Like, has that changed? Like, the, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> like, I mean, I, when I, you know, when I first started as a classical performer, I, I was, you know, I had an unusual upbringing in classical music because, um, I had been raised in this traditional Shano singing, but then like, you know, I made lyric when I was 21. I made Met when I was 24. And like, I also like wanted to do all these weird avant-garde things, but like, I didn't have other performers. I didn't have the resources of other performers who would perform my stuff very easily. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna write for myself and do it. So I knew how things were gonna turn out because I, of course I knew my voice better than anyone else. And or, or or what I would do alongside with singing, I would perform that myself as well. And so I, I knew. And so then making that transition out of singing in the opera world into just like really focusing on composing um, definitely was a, a struggle at first because like there were ways I knew that I wanted things to sound from the way I had performed my own works. But then, you know, this voice is different and it's not doing exactly what I wanted to. And so I, it wasn't, it wasn't a very long struggle. I think I was able to get humbled pretty quickly um, and just eat a lot of crow very quickly from just realizing that like these people are not machines. Cause I know I was not a machine. Um, and that made it a lot easier for me. Um, so yeah, it was very much a different thing. Um, and I think much more stressful, too. I'm also not as much of a control freak as I was in my 20s. Like, I was so much on control because I just wanted my art to be so perfect. I want everyone, mm. I want everyone to think that I did not, like, I would not have flaws. But then I had to remember that we're all flawed. We're all terribly flawed creatures. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's okay. And those flaws can make some of the best sounds and the best decisions when making music or any kind of art. So I had to learn to embrace that. And you know, eventually I got to the point where I was like able to do that and just let ego, you know, 
let ego just sit to the side and appreciate the teamwork and the natural collaboration that happens when you write something and then someone else takes it to perform it. Yeah. It's much more rewarding. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, well, and I think that that's, I think that that, that the setting aside of ego is something that a lot of people are learning how to do through all of this because like, Oh yes. <laughs> because it's impossible to make something perfect right now. You know what I mean? Yes. Like there's, you know, unless, unless what you're trying to create is a, you know, it is a, you know, drawing on your iPad alone on your couch. You know what I mean? Like right. that you can make that, you know, yeah. Perfection. Go for it. Shoot for the stars. But I mean, like if you're trying to, if you're trying to collaborate with other people and you're trying to put something together right now and you can't physically occupy the same space, you have to put ego aside. You have to. Yeah. Otherwise you're just going to drive everyone else away and you're eventually going to make yourself sour on your own process. And that, like, yeah. uh, and what does that accomplish, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, what purpose was that that you had to have things your way, and now you have nothing? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then you're, then you're the, the uh, you know, inflexible grouch who, who couldn't get their shit together during, <laughs> during the pandemic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, I just wanted to... We have a lot of those. To... We have a lot yeah. of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I am so... God love them, though, is, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I am so... I am I, I'm so interested to see how the landscape of the classical music industry will be changed after all of this. Because it, honest to God, has shown, shown so many true colors. Mm. And like, yes. Oh, yeah. It really has. And, like, it's it's shown so many true colors. It's shown a spotlight on so many weak spots in the industry mm -hmm. and so many, so many issues that have been glossed over because, oh, well, that's just the way it's always been. And now that we can't do things the way that things have always been, I'm, I'm so glad that people can now start having the conversations of, like, okay, well... Since, you know, since things are changing anyway, why not change things from the way they've always been yeah. and maybe find something new? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really do think that is something... No, I had a talk with my record label CEO uh, a few weeks ago because um, we're still planning on releasing Priestess of Morphine at some point, either probably this or early next year, um, mm -hmm. about, like, what paths were we want to take as artists now and you know a lot of that is going to be with multimedia and film things that are much more accessible but can be created without so much social connection and interaction uh i should say in person physical social interaction um right. you know and that and that might be where it takes us you know uh I personally just like, I like the fact that I can work on multimedia now and like write things and then paint things based on what I'm seeing or what I'm hearing from what, what I'm hearing from what I've written. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, being able to combine mediums are so 
fulfilling for me right now, knowing that there is something out there. I think that, that there is an opportunity for that in the future, no matter what ends up happening. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I very much would like, and I'm, I've always been someone who wants to do something different. I want to do something new and different and out of the ordinary and, and look just, I've always been like trying to look for something else other than what is, has been traditionally done. Um, you know, so this mindset for me is no, it, it's nothing new at all. Like this is, this is what I've had in my head for, <laughs> for like what, 20, 20 years now. Like it's, it's been something that I've always been thinking about. And now I think I feel a little more relatable because so many other people are now thinking that and, and saying it out loud. And so yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, you, it's you, could, be, you, you could be one of my people. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely been, um, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't want to say it as if it's like an, I told you so experience. Cause it's, it's not because no, who knew this was going to happen, but oh, <laughs> it, but it's, it, I think it's definitely making people realize that need that they're going to need to be more open to possibilities after this because heaven forbid if something like this should happen again, then what? Then they're going to be stuck in the same boat again. So, right. um, I think it's, I think it's a transformative period for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Um, we have to actually, um, end a little early. Okay. Um, we just realized that we double booked, which I guess we're, we're announcing on air, but here we are. Um, <laughs> I mean, what? No. So, um, so, well, let's do the last thing we always do with our, with our guests. So the last thing is always a one minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Sometimes it's super obvious, like letting folks know where they can keep an eye out for an upcoming album. If that were a thing that were happening, Otherwise, we love hearing other uh, shout outs to other folks that are doing dope work or any media that you're consuming, uh, self care yeah. otherwise. Um, so, yes, the album is called A Lonely Voice in These Empty Rooms, uh, subtitle Songs in Quarantine. Um, it will probably be released next month in Bandcamp. I would just say. Take a look at my socials for details to keep updated on that. Um, I'm pretty much Rosha Korean on everything. R-O-S-S-A-C-R-E-A-N, as in Nancy. Um, and, um, <laughs> and then um, new painting exhibition, hopefully soon. I know the Happy Gallery of Chicago is going to be virtually um, exhibiting one of my pieces that I just created, just call, uh, called White Rhino. Um, just a painting I did like a couple weeks back. Um, and then, um, oh goodness. I always get caught up in these things. I don't know. What do I, what else do I want to plug? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to kick myself for not remembering someone's something. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what? No, it's really awesome. Is the midnight gospel. I think everyone should watch the midnight gospel on Netflix. It is, um, an incredibly interesting and very surreal program that talks about a lot of like different philosophies, sometimes magical, sometimes Eastern philosophy, a lot, just a lot of spiritually based philosophies in this really weird psychedelic cartoon world. Um, 
I dig it a lot. I think everyone else should watch it too. I think especially at a time like this, it might open minds a little bit more too. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, like, you know, we, we can all use that, right? Um, yeah. And then, oh, you know, if anyone's interested too, um, I, I'm a Reiki practitioner and I do Reiki. Um, I do distance Reiki as well. And I do meditating. Like I, I do like meditation practices over Zoom. And so like if anyone is ever interested uh, in, uh, in Reiki sessions or meditative sessions to just like help you relieve anxiety or whatever, um, I'm around. You can always contact me for that. And I can always tell you pricings and whatever for that too. Um, just to kind of help oh, you yeah. calm down in a world that's pretty much turned upside down right now. So, um, That's awesome. I'm always available for that too. Cool. Well, thanks very much for joining us. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's always good to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we're up to, there's so many ways you can do that. The first is to head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles and podcast episodes there. You can also keep up with us on social media. We have a Facebook page called Scopy Magazine. We also have a Facebook group that we love and adore called Sounding Board, where we talk about local arts, local politics, astrology memes, you name it. There you can also find a link to our Discord server called Sounding Board as well, where we hang out, have fun, have a good time, and... Yeah, so check it out. Otherwise, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr under ScopyMag, spelled the same way as the website, S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. And you can find the podcast, the one you're listening to right now in most podcast places, including Google Play, iTunes Podcasts, and Radio Public. And I'm here, as always, to talk about the importance of subscribing. If you head to our website, scopymag.com, and go to our subscribe page, the best way to do that is by becoming a member for $2 a month. You will receive an email in your inbox every time we post. So say goodbye to that social media algorithm and hello to our content. Also, also we have merch for sale. If you had to, if you head to scopymag.com/store, you can buy your new favorite T-shirt, and that is a promise. Also, if you are a business or an entity or just have something fun to say and want to advertise with us, please feel free to reach out to us at scopymag@gmail.com. So. Give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.